Dad Drinking is brought to you by Side Project Jerky. Make sure you get those holiday orders in by December 19th at SideProjectJerky.com. Welcome back to Episode 8 of Dad Drinking. I am Marcos. And I am Jim. And we've been dads since 09. Long fucking time. You can find us on social media at Dad Drinking on both Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our website at daddrinking.com. And you can download these podcasts at Apple Podcasts and or Google Play. How you doing, Jim? Doing great. How are you, Marcus? I'm awesome. You know what's amazing? This is episode eight. Yeah. And the hype on the street for episode eight is unreal. Get out. It's palpable. People are walking around. T- I hear it all over town. People are talking about episode eight coming out on Friday. I didn't, I, I mean, maybe people have been following the Twitter, the Instagram. We're out there. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the traffic's up. You can, yeah. You can clearly see the traffic up. I think we got like. 12 hits the other day. <laughs> our, so. PR's, our PR team has been amazing because, like, seriously, everywhere you go, people talk about Episode 8 this, Episode 8 that, December 15th, got to see Episode 8, including um, one of our listeners, Jansen. He, he actually reached out to me to let me know that he heard that people were camping out so that they could be the first to experience Episode 8 on Friday. Oh, my gosh. That's it's, crazy. It's amazing. I think that we love hearing feedback, like feedback from Jansen, and... What we're going to hopefully do going forward with the listeners is have them play a bigger role in the podcast. Yeah. Send us questions, send us feedback. In particular, if there's anything, any missed opportunities we had, anything we did wrong, we think it'd be funny to go back over uh, your commentary. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I can tend to miss the punchline every now and again, or you know, perhaps there's additional feedback or additional history that we didn't discuss. <laughs> There's probably just enough history. Probably too much. <laughs> but um, one of the things we we don't need to hear any more of is I hate your voice. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's. That would, we can't change it. Yeah, this you know? is you know 39 years strong. More sniffles. Yep. I can't do that either. You know. Yeah, uh, we have we have adjusted the sound. I I hope that those of you listening out there are appreciative of the fact that we no longer sound like one of us is standing 100 feet away from the microphone underwater underwater <laughs> the other one is you know way too close screaming and all the rest so uh feedback huge 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 uh we'd like to see some for the next episode if you're so willing again at dad drinking on both instagram and twitter right or leave us a note on our on our website um and and we will read names and or um interact with you Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's a groundbreaking segment. I don't think any other podcast <laughs> takes listener <laughs> feedback. No. None, none, of them, none of them do any sort of thing like a, a mailbag or – No, or, well, that's or an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. But they should send us actual mail. Yeah. Um, all right. So I wanted to talk to you first. We usually talk about how our week was, whatever. Obviously, we've been really busy hyping up episode eight yeah. out, out on the street, um, and it's worked. So let's just cut right to it. What and this is one of our our big topics we talk about every time is what was your best drink you had since we last spoke? Yeah, well, <clears throat> good news is we're hopefully on a bit better of a schedule, so we're you know actually knocking out two episodes in two weeks, and that was always the the 
over promise that we made that this would be a weekly podcast. So I've actually in the past seven days had had a lot of drinks. Well, there was a snow day peppered in this past oh, yeah. week. So it was uh, a, one of the one of the elusive uh, weekend snow days. Yes. Wow. Well. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, lots of winter warmers and other other warming drinks as we've discussed that would like, like the toddy last week, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I actually my my best drink this week was it was a toss up between a couple of things that I had today earlier today. So I was out delivering jerky, side project jerky. And my first stop was at We Holden, which is a um, brand strategy, um, I guess I would say agency. Uh, you know, okay. Eric, if you're listening, I hope that's the right thing to, to call you guys. But they actually do strategy for a lot of liquor brands. Yeah. And Are one they of big them, jerky guys? Uh, this was uh, – so, so Eric actually connected me with Jose Garces. Okay. for Side Project Jerky, and at Jose Garces's old bar, they used to have a cocktail that featured our jerky. Oh, wow. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. So um, so he ordered jerky as, as gifts, but, um, you know, he I was up in his office, and he was kind of showing me around, and it's great setup, and they do a lot of really great work, like super creative, super fun stuff, but one of their... Uh, spirits is Monte Lobos Mezcal. Okay. And uh, they had something called a Tobala, which I guess is one of their offerings of Monte Lobos. And it was amazing because remember when we did the Del Maguey, they talked, or we talked a little bit about, you know, obviously the smokiness and, and a lot of those acetone mm-hmm. sort of um, flavor profiles. Earths, earthy, woodsy, woodsy, peppery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so th- this really this Tobala from Monte Lobos had had a ton of that stuff and it really was, I I would say it was very Lafroigi. Oh. <laughs> so it was. Did good it have stuff. did it did it have the same like throat clenching after effect that a that a Lafroig Scotch would have? Uh, it, you know it's it's a little cleaner. So so interestingly enough, and this was they pointed this out to me, him and his him and his partner, is that. There's like the the barrel has nothing to do with imparting any sort of flavors in mezcal because there's there's no barrel, right? Right. So like all of that comes from the agave and and the process in and the all pit the rest where they it. put it in the dirt yeah, and they and smoke it out. So yeah. so that was really fascinating to think about. Um, but uh, it was really great. And then the other amazing, amazing thing that hey, I had, Before you go to the next thing you drank, yeah. did they talk about Uncle Ron Cooper at all? No, because they have uh, a, the guy who does Monte Lobos. It's Yvonne, right? Yvonne, yeah. Yeah. And... He's their mescalero? Yeah. And he, cool. uh, again, like he's another guy that's... Where is he located? In super Mexico? Super passionate. Yeah, like uh, outside of Oaxaca. I guess okay. there's a, a mezcal trail. Yeah, through the state of Oaxaca. So, yeah, so... Guys, it's like he didn't even listen to the history lesson at that time. <laughs> he must have been prepping the next segment. <laughs> Perhaps. Anyways. So what was your next drink you had? That Anyways. You was this also today the are other you best throw, thing you drank? You're like, why are you throwing shade? Like, you're, you're literally, you don't even have to throw the shade. Like, yeah. you're sitting so close to me. That's messed up, man. That is messed up. No, you didn't listen. Why would I it's listen? because you set up the studio with settees. Yeah. There's well. no way to sit anywhere other than next to you. 
Well, I'm gonna. We're going wireless next time. So the next, the next greatest thing that I, I drank was a. Um, so old friend, Ethan Tripp, has been running a um, kind of a farmhouse. He, it's a brewery slash blendery in Fishtown, in Philadelphia, uh, called Fermentary Form. And he's he's making some really killer beers. So, I, you know, a lot of what people are doing now is obviously focusing on the hops and, and really getting the all of the the juice bombs. The juice bombs, yes, the juice <laughs> the juice bombs. So, so he's actually taking he's doing this like farmhouse approach and like you know natural fermentation, uh, open fermentations, tanks and all this stuff and really, really interesting stuff. Um, but he made a winter ale and it was aged in bourbon barrels and Chardonnay barrels and then blended. And it was unbelievable. It was a 9% beer that was just, it was very dry. So like didn't have like a heavy sugar viscosity like a right because when I have when I have a winter warmer I think of I think of like having to really work my way through it it's very yeah. thick it's like you almost need like a spoon yeah to drink it yeah, yeah. right it's, it's like a pudding it's <laughs> <laughs> but this is it hasn't added none of that it was That's great good. It, had, it had like just like really great carbonation it had a, the spiciness of a winter warmer but that was really all from yeast so i mean this guy's like what's what's cool is he's really experimenting he's kind of like dialing things in at this point I mean, he, he's also got a really interesting spot yeah like the space the the space is located in. it's almost like a speakeasy it's not really a speakeasy um but it's got uh it's down an alley in a part of Fishtown that's almost kensington yeah which is a, a neighborhood in the far northeast right yeah um uh and and it's you don't necessarily have to do a secret knock on the door, but you do have to see if there's a green light on outside. Yeah, it's the in. only time you can go in. I think yeah. it's like a regulatory thing. Yeah, so, but they exactly. sell. I think they sell bottles on Saturday, um, and uh, he's kind of working through all of the liquor regulations at this point. But um, he's making some really cool stuff, really interesting stuff, and that it's called Mary Mary is the name of the beer. Interesting. And, um, yeah, they're selling it in you know the twenty-two ounce bombers, and it's if you can get down there and pick up a bottle, like you would, you'll you'll be psyched. So so mine is not as elaborate. I Sorry. I was I was reading a uh, it's okay. <laughs> I usually hog the mic. I'm I'm happy to open it up. Um, I I'm reading a book. I I, I like to read a lot. Yeah. Okay. And I like to this this podcast has really Nerd. made me interested. <laughs> has made me very Nerd interested alert. in. The, the history of alcohol, how it's made, um, and in particular the ingredients that are used, like like the mezcal, and how it's prepared with the, the pit dug in the ground and the fire and the smokiness. That stuff really interests me. Lo and behold, I remembered that a couple of years ago, the goat, my wife, she bought me a book um, about botany and how botany influences drinks. It's called The Drunken Botanist. I'm reading it again now. It's by Amy Stewart. It's really good. The subtitle is The Plants That Create the World's Great Drinks. So I found um, a section on botanicals like juniper and things like that. And I and I started reading about gin. And one of the recipes that she had for her favorite gin and tonic ever 
involved um, cilantro. And she said cilantro really brings out the flavoring in gin. That's very interesting. Yeah, and I, I had never tried that. So I, um, I did a, a, a dad drinking take on a gimlet, and I took some – and this is going to sound like we're, we're sponsored by uh, Manitani Still Works, but we're not. It's just really good quality product. I took um, Oddfellows Toot Number 214 gin from Manitani. I, um, I, I put that on some rocks – or sorry – not yet. I put it in a glass <laughs> with some muddled. What kind of glass, Jim? Uh, it was a tumbler. Okay. Um, but I put some. First, I put some muddled cilantro with fresh lemon juice that I squeezed okay. in the bottom. Muddled it, threw in the gin, stirred it, put in some rocks, and and, and really enjoyed it. it. It was very aggressively had an aggressive nose. It really okay. cleared up my nose. I had a little All congestion right. over the okay. weekend, but it tasted delicious. It was very light and refreshing. It was a little incongruous with the weather we were having because it was kind of snowy the night I had it, but I really wanted to try the Oddfellows with the uh, with the cilantro. Yeah, that's it. I've, I've actually, I don't know if I've ever had cilantro in a cocktail before, so I'm, I'm curious to try this. I'll out. have to make one for you sometime. Yep. I actually had a ton of cilantro left over from my Latin Thanksgiving, yeah. so I've been trying to figure out ways to use it. Yeah, I mean, it's either... You know, make a gimlet, or you can make a chimichurri, right? <laughs> sure. Something like that. Definitely. Yeah. But then you need parsley. And, yeah. And you need a big old steak. Yes. Yeah. That's so, tasty. Yeah. I, I often find myself with a bumper crop of cilantro because right. I buy it, I you know, put it on top of tacos, and then, you know, next taco night's not for a week or two, and it's like, well, what am I going to do with all the cilantro? Now you're going to mix it with gin. I'm going to mix it with gin. It's really good. Um, the the and I would recommend if anyone's looking for a stocking stuffer or some type of holiday gift, this book by Amy Stewart is really good. It's very interesting for anyone who, in your life, who likes to drink and likes to read and also likes to read about drinks. It's really cool. Speaking of the holidays, yeah, what are we drinking this week, Jim? I, I think we've been teasing these people. They've been waiting for episode eight. It's finally here. This long wait is camping out. Camping out. This long wait is over. Um, we're going to try and talk about the eggnog. Oh. The eggnog, which is something that, to me, when I think of eggnog, I think of um, TV shows and movies where where they're having their holiday party and they're serving a huge bowl of eggnog. Yeah. Right? Or, or a school dance and someone <laughs> spikes the, uh, the eggnog or the punch or whatever, right? It seems to me like a winter dance or um, – it's, it's a gathering Right, but I I, I don't it's know a, about it's a, you. It's a cocktail. Have you ever been at a party where eggnog was served? No, no, just just ones that that we've hosted or that I've gone to, but not a, a an official like like an office party. Yeah. There's there's never eggnog at an office party. Yeah, what do you have? What do you have at office parties typically? Like cookies. Right. Yeah. Or or, uh, you know, Maker's there, Mark. I was gonna right? say there's there's sometimes there's booze. Yeah. No. If it's, it's a nighttime event. Yeah, but but here's the other thing, like with 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 TV or the perception is the office party is, is somehow always at the office. The office party is never at the office. It's never. <laughs> that would be awful if it was at the office. Yeah. I, like, well, I think they're awful anyway, generally speaking, because at least in the places where I've worked, it's always been an event where like your spouse is not invited or you're not allowed to bring anyone to the event. And so why would I want to hang out with the, the people peop- that you spend all of your time with? Like Right. And the only thing that's going to happen is someone's going to spike my eggnog. I'm going to be put in a compromising position. <laughs> and then I'm not even going to enjoy myself, right? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know. It does. It's never as fun as it looks on the TV shows and movies. Yeah. No, I think I think really my, like, what I always 
gravitate towards with with the office Christmas party. I think there was a married with children episode, and I think Marcy Darcy, the neighbor, yeah, was xeroxing her butt. Oh wow! I feel like that, like for some reason, and like you know, everyone's drunk and people were wearing Santa hats, and shit gets broken. Right, they always break stuff in these things. Yeah, like someone like jumps off a balcony. Like, I've never been in an office with a balcony, but someone jumps off a balcony and like destroys the copier or, or dies. Yeah, <laughs> or do they get arrested? Or they get arrested? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or someone makes an inappropriate uh, offer. Yes. Um, yeah. Which... Like Robert Redford yeah. and Demi Moore. <laughs> Was that at a holiday party? No, that was just a proposal that was indecent, like normally. Yeah, it wasn't like a. It didn't have a holiday character to the indecency <laughs> of the proposal. Man, but but I, I I don't know. Like I think that. Well, first of all, married with children. I wasn't allowed to watch that when I was a kid. That was the only time my family ate dinner together. Was during married with children. Was Sunday nights during married with children, we had TV trays. It was a whole thing. And it's, it's sad that like, that's like, that's <laughs> what did it, what, so, but what, what would you eat on the TV trays? What was the, what was the typical Sunday meal while you watched, uh, well, Al Bundy. I almost said Ted Bundy. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, it was, my mom would cook. So it was, you know, a, a, a roast of sorts oh, or, yeah? or we'd order pizza. We'd order pizza. And my parents, God bless them, but fucking, they always order the combination pizza. Like the stuffed crust? No. The, the, the shit with, like, all of the shit on it. And it's, it sucked. Because, like, when you're, when you you're want eight a years old. You want a cheese? No, I want pepperoni. I want okay, pepperoni whatever. But you pizza. want something plain. I, want, I, want, I do not want green peppers. I do not want onions. I do not want black olives. I want none of these things. I can't stand black olives on pizza still and to then, this day. I to agree make with it, you. To make it worse, and now. It pollutes the cheese. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. To, to make it worse, when I was young, now I'm older, like, I really do enjoy spicy food. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like my dad. I'll put Tabasco on anything. But, again, when you're when you're 8 years old, 10 years old, however old you are, my dad would just, like, with, you know, with impunity, <laughs> would just dump Tabasco everywhere. Or somehow the Tabasco would migrate to my slice. Yeah. He would force Tabasco upon you. I would. But, but it was like it wasn't even an intentional thing. It was just like he just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So it's like. I think that's a dad thing. Well. I think it's a dad thing. I think it's it's a parent thing, just generally. Like back back in the day, it was like, fuck, fuck you guys. Like I'm paying for the pizza. Yeah. You you why should you? I'm familiar with this approach. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's a great approach, but <laughs> but look at me. I'm like this is 30 years later, and I'm like bitter about the combination pizza. <laughs> when I was home two weeks ago, I, I, like my mom was like, uh, "What do you want on the pizza?" It's like nothing. She's like, uh, "Okay, I'll take two combos." <laughs> It's like, come on, like, what the fuck? And like, it's like, like, literally, like, I still can't. It's terrible. I do. I, uh, you know, speaking of the holidays and, and things like that, <laughs> I really, I subscribe to the Kevin McAllister uh, pizza theory. That's just a plain cheese She's pizza, all, 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 to all, to, all to myself. I would love, I would love to sit down on a Sunday night with a TV tray, you know, watch some television, not even necessarily football, but. um and have an entire cheese pizza all yeah. for me. It would be great. It would be excellent. But um, did you so, – so before we talk about the uh, today's drink and how yes. we're going to make it and everything, Absolutely. Um, are you 
so you reference that you make it at things you host. Are you a big eggnog guy? Are you consistently eggnogging on the holidays? I, I am not. Like every day, I'm not nogging, or every holiday, I'm nogging, not no. nogging. No, but when I guess we're talking 10, 12 years ago, it was kind of a challenge. So I think I was at a friend's house who said, that he, he happened to have eggnog because it was around the holidays. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's a guy from my work made it. And it's really, you know, it's lethal or it's some shit. And, and then I started looking into, okay, well, how do you make eggnog? It doesn't just show up in the carton. And then you add so that's, that's what I – that was my full experience. Right? My full experience with eggnog before tonight was you buy a, a carton in the, in the grocery store mm-hmm. that's refrigerated. And you open it up and it smells like chemicals and sugar – and like very very thinned out milk, yeah. Um, and you pour it in a glass, and then you put some type of rum or uh, sherry in it, okay. and then you sprinkle some nutmeg or cloves or something on top, yeah. and then you call, and, and a lot of people put whipped cream in it, yeah. And that was it. And, and I thought that was disgusting. It tasted super sharp, and like you'd have to grit your teeth. It was so sweet. And I'm not really a sweet drink kind of guy. Yeah. And I gotta tell you. The, the drink you're going to tell us about, yes. your recipe, changed the my whole homemade outlook. homemade eggnog. Changed my whole outlook, yeah. The scratch eggnog. Scratch eggnog changed, changed the, my outlook on eggnog. Tonight. The bespoke egg. Actually, it wouldn't be bespoke. Mm-mm. It was house-made eggnog. No. So, so, yeah, so I looked up this recipe. I was so fascinated by not just getting it from the carton that I was I started looking into it, and... And then it, you, you look up these recipes, like, oh, my God, it's just eggs and sugar and cream. Like, how hard can it be? Will I die right. from eating raw eggs? Well, Rocky can do it, so I can do it. And actually, uh, funny thing, you know, they make ice cream with raw eggs, too. Yeah. You know that? So it's not like it's just frozen. It's not like a thing, yeah. yeah. So, but, but, yeah, so it's – and the first time I made it, I mean, I was just like – If Rocky didn't die from Drago, he's not going to die from raw yeah. eggs. Did you hear that – the the next Rocky might be like Drago's side. I heard that. I'm not interested. You're not? Well, it's, I mean, I don't know. Rocky four, Rocky four in my mind again, cause I was in kindergarten or whatever. It was like, that's like, that's all like, that's the gold standard. Rocky. Well, because it would be, well, that's cause it was the cold war, right? It's not yeah. the same. There's not gonna be an ISIS boxer. That's going to fight, <laughs> you know? No. <laughs> so De- definitely. Not. Yeah. You can't root it. I mean, there's nothing, they don't do sports. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, so, they just blow shit up. Yeah, it's I mean, tough. It, it, it is, but so you can't really root. There's no way to relate that to like the, the great classic Cold War yeah. movies of the time, right? Yeah. So we don't we don't have that. Um, but tell us more about this recipe. The, yeah. the, the, so you looked up the recipes. Yeah. And which one did you settle on for for when you host? So, you know, thanks to search engine optimization. <laughs> Cyril Collins. Cyril K. Collins. Cyril K. Um, yeah, so if you Google eggnog and C-Y-R-I-L, Collins, you'll get a great recipe that's actually scaled and measured. He explains that there's a lot of booze in the eggnog, so you probably shouldn't drive. <laughs> and he talks about raw eggs and blah de blah <laughs> Sorry about that. He teaches, he teaches you how to fold, fold right? yeah, fold into the mixture. He teaches so, you the difference between whisking and beating. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's rather in depth, but it also is it's a dead simple 
uh, recipe. So it's just egg yolks beat together with sugar. Do you have to separate the yolks away from the whites? Oh, yeah, egg yolks. Yeah, okay. egg yolks. And then egg whites uh, beat together with sugar as well. You combine those two, and then you kind of sequentially do a spirit. How, how when you beat the whites, when do you know when they're, they've been beaten sufficiently? The peaks are stiff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can do that with brute force, or I had a hand blender with a whisk attachment. Makes things a lot easier. So you combine those two, and then sequentially add the spirits, add milk, more spirits, cream, then you add whipped cream. You actually fold in the whipped cream. The heavy. You're not talking about like the the stuff that you do whippets with. You're talking about the heavy whipping cream. Yeah, heavy whipping cream. Because because okay. heavy cream goes in in its liquid form and then it gets folded in in its whipped form gotcha so it, it's crazy i mean it was like the first time i did it it was like total alchemy i was like oh my god this tastes exactly like the shit in the carton but a hundred times better mm-hmm. and i ever since i just like every holiday party i'll make nog mm-hmm. i nog I nog, I, I nog my own eggs, and it's it's great. I, it's it's a real sense of accomplishment. So you mentioned spirits. What what spirits did we use tonight? So tonight, <clears throat> thanks to the lovely gentleman at Wee Holden, uh, I came home with a bottle of Slain Irish whiskey, which is triple casked, and it's it's really amazing. So when they say triple cast, does that mean they take it from one to the next to the next before so, they? Uh, they actually age it in three different casks, right. and then they blend it. So there's a virgin cask, a seasoned cask, and a sherry barrel. Oh, all right. So it, it's that goes well because the as we'll talk about eggnog was made with sherry um, originally in Britain, That's sherry right. or Madeira. Um, but we didn't do that. We did it with the whiskey and then a Gosling's black rum, which is also super great. If Correct. I. I it calls do you go Myers typically when you're getting a dark rum, or do you go Gosling, or do you go to something that's a little more boutique? Well, you, you know what's funny is I think that uh, when I think dark rum, I think I think Myers. When I think Goslings, I think black rum, right? But I guess mm-hmm. are those the same thing? I think so. Slightly different, maybe. They taste similar. Yeah, but uh, they, they, there was a there was a period of time when I was drinking just Myers on the rocks. Um, a long time ago <laughs> i but i'm not really kind of not not it's like seventh rum. grade i'm not ready for the dark rum revolution that i hear is no is, it's is brewing great. it's brewing it's off the coast yeah you know i i think i i love dark rum i like drinking it pretty much oh, as anything i think it's great yeah no dark yeah, and stormy I mean, is one of my favorite favorite drinks God, you can have your mule i'll take a dark and stormy yeah we should we should do a blind taste test. Although we'd know exactly which was which because <laughs> one has vodka and one right. has rum. So that makes no sense. Anywho. So I've got to say, my impression of this delicious drink is that, and again, I had this this preconceived notion that I was going to hate it because I hate the, the pre-mixed cartons. Uh, but this, I don't know if it was the slain. Um, I don't know if it was the, the dark rum. Um, and Because I think in the past I've had it with brandy or sherry yeah uh, and it wasn't quite my style um or if it was the the loving way you prepared <laughs> the, the eggs <laughs> but this was amazing it was and i'm gonna say this is gonna sound weird but this is the best analogy i can give that it was like drinking a cooked waffle not the dough okay 
um, but it was like drinking a waffle, and I, I mean that in a way in the way that it it was light and fluffy, but had like a doughy texture to it and a sweetness. It was almost like I was having breakfast in in a stemless wine glass. I'm gonna take that as a compliment. It was delicious. I gotta say, this is one of my favorite drinks that we've had on the show. I think that it's perfect for the holidays. It's a it's a showstopper at it's a party. Like a, yeah, it's gotta be because people are gonna go crazy for it, and it's really. And then not they that ask much. you, they say, "Hey." Where'd you get the eggnog from? Like, yeah. Oh, well. Go check the recipe on daddrinking.com. Funny, funny you should ask. Yeah. Yeah. So. The Much Ballyhooed Ballyhoo episode eight. Uh, on the page for episode eight, you'll find the, the recipe. Camping out. <laughs> <laughs> camping out for episode eight, which debuts on Friday. So um, what did you think of it? Because we we also we, so we between the slain we were between two types of whiskey because a lot of these recipes call for both whiskey and rum. Yeah. Um, and in fact, George Washington had a recipe of his own that he left in his memoirs, but he didn't tell in the memoirs when he or whatever it was his his diary. Right. He said it's the perfect eggnog recipe, but he didn't tell you how many eggs to use. No. No. That's messed up. And, but he, it was a combo of like five different alcohols. So it had to be, to get the ratio right, it had to be more than the number of eggs that we used, which is only four. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what was your thought of this? And, and, and you know, I, I, I love it. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, it's, it's really more for me a, the, the fact that, that I can create this mm-hmm. more than anything. Because it, it tastes so good. And, it, and it's, I, again, I mean, why go, you know, buy the carton shit? No offense to the carton shit, but offense, offense to the carton. Offense, shit. you do, yeah, you yeah. you don't like the carton shit, but um, it's just again like you can you know go around the party and be like, oh, I made the eggnog. And so, so I'm gonna, I would like to make this for my holiday party, although we already had it, so yeah. and it was at a restaurant, so I don't think they could be. Well, you do it for the family party, right? So like it's the true. family Christmas. I might do Eve. that, and that's 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 usually when I I've done it mm-hmm. is that you know family Christmas Eve, put in a big punch bowl. Luckily, there's no copy machines at, at the you know any the family houses, so I can't Xerox my butt. But, <laughs> anyway. So, you told me when I was out grabbing the uh, the the supplies tonight to grab Jim Beam because that's yeah. what you typically and that's what I normally make it with for your whiskey, yeah, right? It's Jim Beam. And I found a Jim Beam maple, uh, as we told you on episode three, maybe or four. You know, maple is the new pumpkin. Totally right, and. So Jim Beams even get into the act, and they have maple. So we we tried a little bit of the maple and a little bit of the slain before we mixed. The maple was very sweet, cloyingly so. Yeah, it, it it is. It's a sugar bomb. I mean, it almost it it tastes like syrup. It tastes more syrupy than boozy. I mean, I think I think it would be better cold. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But it does taste syrupy. Yeah, but I mean, what like. I don't know. I don't even know how you would put that in a cocktail, or what kind of cocktail you would put that in. I don't either. I don't know how we're going to use it, but we'll find a way. Yeah, I mean, we will. It's it's actually it's it's fine, neat. Yeah. Have you um, been trying that? Yeah, I just I just I just had a little sip of it. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> just to see what it was about. It's it's, it's it's it is very syrupy though. I, so so the thing that I think people are afraid of when they think of eggnog is that it's very rich and heavy. Yeah. This recipe guaranteed if you guys try it on on dad drinking, um, and you can get through it, it is not rich at all. But interestingly, the history of the eggnog is that it started. It was it was a wealthy person's drink. Right, um, back in early medieval times in Britain, um, there was a drink called the posset, 
which was made from curdled milk, egg, and some type of, and it was spiked with some type of alcohol, usually mulled wine. Um, or my pasta is on Broadway. <laughs> That's not my favorite uh, of his songs. Super, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, well, you know my favorite. Yeah, well, it's it's everybody's. It's favorite. everyone's favorite. Yeah. yeah, I'm just basic mix a lot, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these guys, these wealthy guys in Britain, would drink the posset. Um, and the reason why only wealthy people did it is because milk and eggs were, were very rare, I guess, in medieval times. Um, but the recipe stuck around, and I, they called it, they started calling it eggnog at some point when the colonists came over to America, where, coincidentally, eggs and milk were in abundance. They had tons of chickens, they had tons of cows, and they had, instead of the sherry and Madeira, which are also very expensive in medieval Britain and, and through course, the yeah. through the ages to the 18th century, they uh, are through or, the years. <laughs> we should. I wish we. You be careful. We're gonna have to like pay for the rights to these yeah. songs if you start yeah, so, yeah. if you start covering them. The um, this is what happens when you record with lawyers. <laughs> the, Anyways, uh, go on. Yeah. So, so so in America they had access to cheap eggs, milk, and rum, and so that's where the eggnog started being made with rum was when they came to America. Okay. Um. The nog piece, so culinary historians don't really know where the word nog comes from or why it's used. They, they, their best guess is that it references a wooden vessel that the, the rich lords, medieval lords, would drink their posset out of. Okay. Um, and, and they called those noggins, according to the histories. Okay. So they're guessing that when you threw your curdled milk posset into the noggin, people just started calling it egg noggin. Or egg if, if, if a noggin is like a smaller version of a flagon, I don't know. Is a flagon like a gallon? It's like a big. Like, it's a huge no, it's like one, a right? Big, no, maybe it's just like a like a, stein, like a jug, steinish. Yeah, it's a, it's jugish. Yeah. So, but that's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, so I, so, but eggnog has become was very popular, very popular in the colonies, and it became it stayed popular throughout the ages. It became a holiday drink. Um, but it, it was responsible for the infamous um, 1826 West Point riot. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there was, so the cadets, the cadets had a new, whatever the head general was called, that ran the West Point Military Academy okay. in 1826. His name was Thayer. Thayer banned booze. And the cadets went nuts, and they would go across the Hudson, buy a bunch of booze, and hide it all over campus. So they banned boozled Thayer? <laughs> That's a terrible joke. Dad joke. That's Dad good. Jo- We're, we have a sister podcast called Dad Joking. <laughs> Thayer was banned boozled. <laughs> so they, so they, um, they decide for their holiday party they're going to have, uh, they're going to throw down. Because they're sick of Thayer. It's halfway. Yeah. They're into their first semester of that year with him. Nice. And so they... Um, Hard work. They they start planning stuff. Thayer gets word that, that they're planning to have a huge party. And he starts sending out moles to find the alcohol. Um, it turns out that the moles um, got involved in the drinking. Oh, shit. And... <laughs> What a it bunch turned, of lousy moles. It turned into... It These turned into suck. a crazy... There was a lot of fights... Broken windows all over campus, destruction of property, and it was a big scandal because I think 19 people were expelled um, for being the ringleaders of this great riot wow. at West Point in 1826. So eggnog is kind of badass. Yeah. You know, I mean, the it is the army. These army cadets went nuts for it, and Thayer tried to ban it. 
so I, I don't know. I mean, I thought that was a pretty interesting story. Um, punk but, rock. Eggnog is punk rock. It's, it's been punk since medieval times. Yeah, that's true. But my question is, have you ever been to medieval times the experience? No. Never. No, and I really, really want to go. I always forget that I want to go, and then someone brings it up, and I think to myself, fuck, I really want to go to medieval times. Why do you, why do you want to go? Like, what do you think about when you think medieval times? Yo, I don't know. Eating with your hands. Yeah. Jousting. They do that there. Like They fake joust, but yeah, they do that there. Yeah, but still, it's it's dinner and a show, right? So Sure. And it's And medieval times were cool. I mean, you watch Game of Thrones. I watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, like, think about, like, I mean, that's more, I guess, sci-fi fantasy, but, like, olden times when, like, you know, leather was made of armor or even leather. Armor was made of, made of leather, too. Or armor was, yeah, armor yeah. was... Yeah. <laughs> one take. One take. This is what you get, baby. One take is what you get. <laughs> We're pretty good. So, for anyways, one take. I haven't, I haven't been to medieval times. Now you've been. I have. I went. Uh, we lived in Southern California for a while when I was a kid. My Does it dad, ever rain in Southern California? Uh, I I don't know that musical reference. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't remember any time that it rained when I was a kid there. But my dad was stationed there. Okay. Um. And we would go – that was – I think I might have mentioned this before to you, but the only time my dad's family would really ever visit us or anyone's fa- – like our family members would ever visit us was when we lived in Southern California. Okay. Everyone wanted to come out when we of lived course, there. Of course. Nice. Us, spend a week or two or three with you us. surf. Yeah. Right? I mean, at that point, we weren't really surfing. You get a map of the stars. But you, can go see, you could go see, get like, Mickey stars. Mouse. You could go through Hollywood Hills. You could do all that stuff, right? One of the things that, that we never did was medieval times. And, and I always wanted to go as a kid. I think I was in sixth grade the year we finally went. And I was a big, like, I loved fantasy books. Right? I read I still... I, I'll admit, I still read them today. As Cho- choose your own adventure books. I love choose your own adventure. books. That shit books. was so great. I I, would I always like hated to... when you died. Like I liked that. <laughs> I liked that a lot. I, well, then what you get I would to start like to over. Do, yeah, what I like to do is I'd read through my first choice, and then I would just flip to random pages to see like what happened toward the back, and then I would try and get there with my choices. And I there was always like a, a an adventure that I never quite got to. Yeah. It was very frustrating. <laughs> but so I liked that type of stuff a lot when I was a kid. Um, so medieval times would be right up your alley. I thought it would be, yeah, right. And I, I wasn't allowed to watch Married Children. I wasn't allowed to play Dungeons and Dragons, right. Wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff. But I was allowed to go to medieval times. We went to medieval times, and they put you in a section with a color, and you have to cheer for the knight of the corresponding color. And they go through and do all kinds of stuff, like they, they like sword fight with rubber swords. And plastic shields. Okay. And it's like a low-rent WWE experience, right? There's not a lot of acrobatics. It's all low-level stuff. But they do ride live horses, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they do have the horses charge at each other with jousting sticks. That's also cool. Yeah. But then the jousting – so as I was sitting there, I I felt like very disappointed. And I feel like I wanted them to actually be jousting or actually be – fighting with swords and i wanted someone to like get hurt yeah and that was a weird feeling right like you're you're not really i didn't really root for that but i think that's what i was expecting deep down being a fan of this stuff and the the, really the highlight of the night was when my uh i was probably 12 at the time but my sister was i think five or six okay and she was chosen by the blue knight who had won some type of challenge and he awarded a single rose to the most beautiful (laughs) woman in his 
in his gallery. And she and she, <laughs> and she was she the won. champion. She she was his. He was her champion, and she cherished that rose for at least the next twenty minutes until he <laughs> went home. <laughs> Leave the rose here. Have you ever? Uh, do you have any any childhood uh, experiences that were disappointing when you? finally went through them all of them i was gonna say other than just generally in your childhood <laughs> all of them all of them we, we already discussed the combination pizza oh yeah that's yeah true. i mean that's that, that ranks way way high up there yeah um so so i got a question for you actually can yeah. we just do a quick i want to i want to wrap it up fairly yeah, we, soon we're right we've been pat, pattering on a little bit and episode eight we need to keep it tight because episode eight had so much hype behind it yeah obviously we gotta um, manage we gotta manage the expectations yeah so just real quick real quick q a uh actually just one more one more q we, we we forgot the most important part of this podcast what's that is what type of dad drinks eggnog well, that was gonna be my next q oh that's want, okay <laughs> all right I want, I want you to a it okay um so 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 the house made eggnog yes is is the this dad has the sweetest fucking slippers like the best yeah. most comfortable not super expensive but not dear phones slippers okay. okay right and a novelty style robe all right okay does he he only wears it on special occasions, or does he wear it every weekend? The, the slippers every day. Okay. The robe special. Are they like house slippers? Yeah, of All course. Right. And and this dad also is highly, highly tolerant of lactose <laughs> because there's <laughs> there's a fuck ton of cow products in eggnog. That's hilarious. Yeah. When I when I think of the dad who drinks eggnog, I think of dad. With a very thick beard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were looking at me like, where is he going with this? Yeah. Very thick beard. Um, like yours. Yeah, mine's growing. It's, this is the longest I've ever good. had. It's looking good. Yeah. This is a, this is a, my, my mother hates it. <laughs> she really does. And you know she hates it because like, I'll go there and I'll say, hey, mom, how you doing? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you haven't shaved. Yeah. Oh. My God, do you like it? Yeah, yeah, you haven't shaved. Okay. Barbs. Those barbs. Yeah. It's like she cuts to the core. Although you know, yeah. I know it's coming, so I can steal myself against it. But uh, so the dad has a beard, kind of like mine. But I think that a, a dad with a beard enjoys this a lot more because when it when it gathers around your lips, you yeah. kind of get the essence and the smell of the eggnog. Right. A you little can, bit better. You can hang on to it. For yeah, a you while. hang on to it. It's kind of like Andy Reid. Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Forget that visual. All right, let's wrap it up. Sounds good. Okay, you can uh, follow us at Dad Drinking on both Instagram and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Side Project Jerky for sponsoring this. Order Side Project Jerky at sideprojectjerky.com. Check out daddrinking.com. See ya. <laughs>